Thanks for listening to the best of the Odd Couple podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to the best of the Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Shannon Sharp, what's up, brother? Yo, How you doing? What up? Chris, what's going on? Detroit, what it is, man? Yo, yo. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, brother. We yes. know you got a busy schedule, so we appreciate it. Let, let's get right to it. Um, you saw the Houston Texans hire Lovey Smith. Yes. Look, we're happy to see another African-American coach, obviously. But it just feels like they're going to put Josh McCown on the staff. <laughs> obviously, you know, Lovey's now is his yep. third time around. But did, does this feel like – just a sham. Yeah, yeah. That they're do, you know, in a couple years he'll be fired and, and McCown will take to, over. They wanted to hire Josh McCown so bad. But the NFL said, ain't no way we're gonna allow you to hire a high school coach that doesn't have that doesn't call plays for his son's team and with all these qualified candidates, NFL, black, white, Latino, whatever the case may be. And then somehow hold on. Why Lovey Smith can't learn his own staff? How does Josh McCown right. get put on Lovey Smith's right. staff? Shannon, so this we, a guy, thought, this a guy who went to the Super Bowl, and, and, and they make him take Josh McCown? Of course. Because, because here's the thing, though, Rob. We got to get him some coaching experience. So now if he's on the staff, we can yep. say, okay, he's qualified to be a head coach. Whereas before, because we had never seen a guy become an NFL head coach coaching high school football. Now, maybe they take one and they put him on the staff. He's an assistant. Maybe he's a position coach. But to be a head coach with no experience? Nah, we've never seen that. So this, we, we see what they're doing. We, this is what they do in Houston. We, look, we saw it before with Romeo Cornell. When Bill O'Brien right. demoted Romeo Cornell from defensive coordinator, put the linebacker coach, which was Mike Brable, because it would look better yep. if he were to audition for a head coaching job being the D.C. Okay. He becomes D.C., gets the job at Tennessee. They re-promote Romeo Cornell once he leaves, and he becomes defensive coordinator again. So I'm not surprised these are the antics that they use at Houston. Hey, hey Shannon, I, I wrote a column, and Chris and I have talked about it too, uh, and Tiki Barber, I don't know, I'm sure you've seen his comments, uh, where he was defending the Mara family and, and their – history or whatever, and, and, and I look at this, Shannon, and say this is part of the problem because every time that, uh, you know, some of these white owners get caught up or whatever, these guys come running out to, yeah, save, to save the day and say, oh, no, here, the, the Maras <laughs> are great people. They treat me right, and what right. are you talking about? The Giants have had five assistant black coaches in 97 years, and, and right. that's what we're talking about. And, and I, even, I even said that Tony Dungy did it, too, with John Gruden, where he apologized basically for him, said, hey, let's just move on, and then Bob somebody did moved. it with Bob McNair. Am I with right? Bob McNair said the inmates are running, yes. But see, that's what they do. You got to find someone with a pristine, a number with a good image, and have them. Uh, you know, I got, and they go supporting. So look, this is what I tell you know, guys, Chris, Rob. We've all been around other professional athletes and entertainers. When people ask me what is such and such like, I say he cool with me. 
I can't speak to how he's going to be with you. Right, I'm saying right. such and such is cool with me. He, she is cool with me. Now, you might have a totally different experience. Right. Because someone treat me good, I'm not going to put my whole reputation on someone because how they treated me. Because right. might, you might have a totally different experience. No, nah, that, that's the truth. That's the truth. So, Shannon, what, what do you think – is I mean, it's the million-dollar question, so I don't expect you to have all the answers. But what do you think is an answer that the NFL could do to just get more fairness in terms of hiring, you know, black coaches? Uh, Chris, let me ask you a question. Who are you going to allow to come in your house and tell your wife what to cook in your kitchen? <laughs> nah, I hear you. What NFL, <laughs> what NFL owner that paid $1 billion, $2 billion, $3, $4 billion for a franchise – is going to allow someone that's outside to tell them who or who they should hire. Right. It's just not going to work. You're going to have to get look. You're going to ho- hopefully uh, see the thing is with the NFL, and and I might get in trouble for saying this, but I think the NFL is more concerned about looking racist as opposed to being because if the, the the mere mention, they see the practices, what's going on, they know what's going on, right. But no, I don't know how – and I believe Roger Goodell wants to try – wants to have a more inclusive – he wants the NFL to be more representative because you got 71% of the players that are African-American, and I think they've done a great job of hiring more minorities in the league office. But Roger Goodell doesn't run the NFL. The 32 right. owners run the he NFL. He works for the owners. They tell him what to do. Right. Now, now Shannon so – I don't I, really know what they can do. I really don't know. I would like to see the NFL for us to have – Guys that are, you know, that that get an opportunity, like, you know, I would like to see a black coach do what Josh McDaniel did and be able to get a job. Yeah. Have a job. They're about to introduce you at the press conference. You send them an email or a fax. They nah, I'm gonna stay where I'm at and get another job. And, you and think not, that could happen? And not only that, no Shannon, way. he got he got fired in Denver for cheating. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But you see what they what did Josh McDaniel do? He got the job, and he brought his general manager. Brian left. We tried to do the same thing at Jacksonville. They say, "Nah, you take Trent Baalke, or you not gonna get right. the job." He said, "Well, I'll stay where I am." Right. You see, what they do is that they bring their guys on. So now I'm insulated. We got two like minds that think alike. John Gruden did the same thing with Mike Mayock. Yep. So, but at the end of the day, this is what it comes down to, guys. You can hire all the blacks you want. There's a reason why Mike Tomlin has been at Pittsburgh for 15 years. He's had a, one quarterback for 15 years. If you do not have a quarterback, black, white, red, brown, you're not going to last long. Now, if you're white, you're probably going to get an opportunity to last longer, but it's going to end, and it's going to end bad. Now, let me ask you, is there any way, and I know the power and, and, and financial structure of players in the NFL is so splintered, that the majority of players aren't the big-time players making big money. It's the guys who, who Shannon, might play three and a half years and, and have yeah. to get every dime. Am I right? right? And they can't afford to fight or sit out a season because they might not ever get back in the league. And so, right, right where, where we saw in the, in the NBA when Donald Sterling was exposed, they went and said, we're not playing the playoffs. We won't play a game in the playoffs. And they got him removed. Moved ASAP. 
right. players don't have the power in the NFL or or do they to make something happen? Because I believe the only way you can change things, Shannon, has to come from the players. Because you just said it. The owners aren't going to buy into anything unless, unless they're, they're forced, forced. forced to do it. Right. You're absolutely right. But let me here's the thing. The players will not unite together in order to stand behind each other to get guaranteed contracts. Oh, you're right. So you think that you think they're going to you think they're going to stand right? behind somebody that's going to uh, a coach or, or black uh, to have more black coaches? They, they won't would, say, look. Thank you. They, they would. They wouldn't stand behind Colin Kaepernick. Right. No. 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 I, I mean, and that's why they don't have guaranteed contracts. That's why basketball players have guaranteed contracts. That's why. Baseball say we gonna shut it down. You ain't playing no World Series. Yep. Right. Right. You, right. When you, you got to think in terms of like that. If you were to shut it down and say we're not playing the Super Bowl until you come and we want some guaranteed money. Yeah. We play the game, but you know you give them an extra hundred thousand dollars and you say you know what? Instead of having thirteen practice practices, you'll have ten and you'll have a couple of days. You know you can't go back to back. You know they bargain for petty privilege. You right. can smoke. Right. You can smoke weed. Right. You know what I right. mean. Like that's what they're bargaining right. for. Right. Yeah. Yes. When you look at Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell said, "I wanted lifetime medical." You think the players talk about lifetime medical? Right. Roger right. Goodell said, "I want." All you got to do look at when they when when executives when they negotiate their contract. That's how players should negotiate. Yes. That's how we should negotiate our contract. You see what they bargain for? They don't bargain for an extra day off. They don't bargain. They don't right. bargain for petty stuff. They bargain for things that they know is going to have a long-term lasting effect on their lives, not an extra practice. We are joined by Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp. Shannon, before you go, here's a football question for you. If Matt Stafford wins this game on Sunday, is he a Hall of Famer? Do you want him? Is he in your club? <laughs> Man, Shannon, you, know what? you better you better answer right because I'm gonna be mad at you if you don't. <laughs> Rob, Rob, here's the thing. By the time he's done, his numbers, he has an outside chance to catch Brady. So if he's the all-time leading passer and he has 450 touchdowns and a Super Bowl with an MVP, how do you leave him out? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think he needs to keep playing. Like, if he retired after the game, but that's he probably thir- not. He's only 34. But, but, right, but right. Shannon, so four you, more yes. years, yeah, highly productive years, even if they don't win another one, then it's a yeah. great but, case. Because you're right, he's going to be top five. We've already said his numbers. These, he's had big yeah. numbers. A lot of them are stat pat for numbers. But I'll say this, Shannon. He was supposed to be Joe Burrow, a first overall pick that changed the franchise and changed the culture. Joe Burrow did it in two years. He never did it in, in 12 years in Detroit. That's what yeah, he was supposed and he, to be. And, and he had Megatron. Yeah, and right. he had Indomitian Sue right. and Nick Fairley, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. But That's you're not going to remember that, Rob. Uh, Rob, five years from now. No, I know. He, right. he's not, people are not going to even remember that he actually played in Detroit. Yep. All they remember is that his last, his last six or seven years, eight years was in, 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 in L.A., and that's what, teams, that's what people are going to remember. Right, no doubt. All right, that's our man Shannon Sharp. We appreciate you, brother. Check him out tomorrow morning on Undisputed with Skip and Shannon on FS1. Thanks, brother. Thank you. All right, bro, have a good one, guys. Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
NFL.com spoke to a few analysts of its analysts about whether or not Matthew Stafford, if he wins this Super Bowl, whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. And two said yes. I believe, was it four said said no. no. Um, Nate Burleson was the former player, was among those who said yes. Steve Mariucci would say not yet. Uh, what James Jones, Rob G? Not yet. More, he said not yet. Um, so, the, but but basically, two out of the six said no. No, two and out of the six said, said yes, yes and, and four, four out of the six said no. But right. where are you at on it? I say no too, not yet. And and Shannon alluded to it, Chris. If he plays up five or six years here and puts up numbers, and the Rams keep winning, and they make it to another Super Bowl, or or they win the the, the division or the NFC once or twice or something, he's going to have a case. Because you're right, it's, it's about how you finish always and how people look at you. But I don't think right here, right now, off of one, because the team he went to had already gone to the Super Bowl. We've talked about this a, a few times. He has to win it. He to has to, he has to win it to right. me because that's, what he, that's why he was brought here. He was supposed to be the missing piece, just like I think, Chris. If he wets the bed on Sunday and doesn't play well, remember he almost had that second pick against the 49ers that right. could have could have hurt them or could right. have lost the game for him, and it was dropped. But I'm just saying, if he doesn't play well, he will get most of the most of the blame and nothing else because he was looked at as the missing He's piece. More, yeah, right. They had everything. It was like. We just need a quarterback who can make every throw. That's what they said, right? right. Jared Goff couldn't make every throw. Matthew Stafford can make every throw. So that's why if he were to win and, and they already want to get, give him the MVP and all that, if, if that's the case, it will help his argument going on. But I wouldn't say he's a slam dunk. There are other quarterbacks. And Rob G. Uh, well, it's like a Jim a, Plunkett. Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls. Right. He's not in. The, he's not in in, in the uh, Hall of Fame. Ken Stabler. Right. I don't believe another he's, another yeah, Raiders. He, won, he actually is in the Hall of Fame. But okay, did he, he get in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kenny the Snake Snake Stabler, another one. But there are some other guys, Chris, who won. Uh, Phil Phil Sims won a Super Bowl. Right. He's not in the Hall of right. Fame. Right. Jeff Hostetler won the other one with the Giants. He's Doug not in the Hall Williams. of Fame. Doug Williams, who put on one of the greatest shows Absolutely. ever in the history of Super Bowls, is not in the Hall of Fame. And and, and shouldn't be. Right? No, he didn't have a Hall of Fame. No, career. he didn't have right, a Hall of right. Fame career. And, and Plunkett didn't. And Here here's the thing though that helps Stafford. His numbers, and I get it. We are we are in a different era, right? So, of co- all the quarterbacks are from inflated. this era are going to be at the top of the like yards, right? And all touchdowns of them. is not quite as as different. It's different. They throw more now, but it's not like totally, you know, blowing away some of the top quarterbacks from from yesteryear. But the yards, Rob, is very different. The completion percentage, things like this. So here's a few of Stafford's rankings. He's in the top 12 all time, Rob, of completions. He's 11th. Passing yards, he's 12. 12th. He's five yards away from 5,000. Passing yards per game, get this, he's fourth. That's impressive, 275 a game. Uh, Touchdown passes, he's 12th. Here's one I like, Rob. Game-winning drives, he's 7th. 
So he, the ones I'm most impressed with in this list are game-winning drives and I would say passing yards. I'm going to say this. Game. Let, me, let me jump in here. This is why I don't think Stafford's numbers are nearly as impressive as people think. A, a lot of those are Stafford numbers, Chris, down by two or three touchdowns late in games. Yeah, but he's Hold got on. a lot of game-winning t- right? drives. Okay, okay, that, that's one. His record against winning teams, not great. They've lost a lot of games. He lost a lot of games against good teams. And here's the third part. This past year, Tom Brady put up all those yards, right? Right. And what else? All those touchdowns. That led the league in touchdowns and yards. And he ain't going to win the MVP. It, so people don't look at but just – But he had a great year. No, I mean, no, people, no. He's no. second. He'll be second. But I'm saying so, so people are looking into your season a little more than just stats. Right. Because normally – you remember what, – what, what, did, what did they say down in Tampa? Um – James uh, No, Arian said, if Tom Brady doesn't win the MVP, right. it's ludicrous. It's ridiculous, right? And I'm trying to say that the, the, the voters and the people who value the quarterback play just didn't look at Tom Brady and go, look at these crazy numbers. He's right. 44 years old. He led the league in touchdowns. He led the league in yards. He should automatically get the MVP. He didn't get the MVP, or he's not going to get the right. MVP. I think that speaks volumes as far as where we are and the numbers being a little inflated. Am See, I crazy? I, well, I hear you, and that's, that's a good point. But when it comes to Stafford, the reason a Jim Plunk is not in the Hall of Fame or a Doug Williams no, they is their numbers stats. aren't great. No, I, I get it. So if Stafford gets a Super Bowl win and then you look at his numbers, he's had nine seasons over 4,000 yards passing. That's probably – that might be more than Aaron Rodgers. But, and I know he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers. But doesn't winning matter? Yeah, it okay. does. And that's why – you're right. Right now, you and I, we laughed when people said he's a Hall of Famer right now. Right. But if you add a Super Bowl – and I, I, I'm with Steve Mariucci who was asked by NFL.com. Mariucci said not – like if he wins the Super Bowl, maybe Super Bowl MVP even, and then retires a month from now. He's not a Hall of Famer. Right, right. Which I agree with because it's just like, okay, you had one. Matt Ryan had one good year. They didn't win the Super Bowl. Right, but he, he had, had one phenomenal year. That doesn't make you a He's right. got good numbers, yeah. So I, what I think is if he wins this Super Bowl and they're, say for the next five years he's with the Rams, and they don't win one or even get back to another one, but they're but in the hunt. Up, they get to he, a few right, championship and he puts games. Up big numbers. And he's putting up over 4,000 yards a year. I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Because he'll have the victory, the Super Bowl ring, and his numbers are he, – he very well could win, wind up top five in several categories. Right, but also – And if you got the winning, right. you, you're going to be in. But, but if he so, – so to me, it still comes down to winning, Chris, because if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, I don't think that he has the same backing despite his numbers. He could be top five, say they don't win. Right. Right. I don't think he would. You would have the same push for him, despite all the numbers. That's how. That's well, why. Here, here, that's why winning is important because oh yeah. without the winning, without a Super Bowl, I don't think people let me, let go me, crazy over for Matt Stafford. Let me throw this at you. And, and for Aaron Rodgers has ten years of four thousand or more yards. Stafford has nine. But let me let me throw this at you. What if they do? They lose this game Sunday to Rams. Right. 
And then over the next five years, Stafford's numbers are terrific, over 4,000, maybe one year 5,000 yards. They get back to another one, lose, and then the other three years or four years, they're in the hunt, you know, right. finish championship game, lose, second round, lose, whatever. He, I still think he's got a case. Even without a Super Bowl win, Dan Fouts is in the, Super, in the Hall of Fame for putting up huge yards. But he also revolutionized the passing game. And I, it just was different in the NFL. Like, you know, the Air Coriel right. and whatnot. It, it, would, you admit, would you agree with that? Yeah, like he that? was almost like a he, – he was, he was, uh, This is a coach, but like a Mike D'Antoni of right. the NFL, right? Numbers galore. Uh, like you said, Air Coriel. It was almost viewed like, okay, they're good. They're in the hunt, but you never believed in them to really win a Super Bowl. Right. As good as they were, the Chargers. And here's the last thing about Stafford. Eight of his 13 years as a starter, Chris, his team had a losing record. Right. So that, that's another thing. And then you say, well, what do you expect? He's with the Lions. He was with the Lions. Joe Burrow went to the Bengals. They won four games last but year. Burrow's he was unique. hurt. No, yeah, but Burrow's but unique. him. But they, but they do share the same thing, Chris. No, first overall oh, he, he pick. Ain't, he ain't getting. You know, but I can't. What I here's what I will Stafford say. Stafford was at Georgia. Burrow That's why he done was the number one. Nobody pick. else has ever done. No other no, number no, one I pick has that. led a team this early to the Super. But here's what I will say: Peyton Manning, most number one, most great quarterbacks do turn a franchise around. They may, you may not win a Super Bowl, but they, but they make you vert, pretty much a perennial Stafford playoff never team. never did that. He didn't do that. So he didn't do it. That's why he definitely needs to win. a Super he Bowl He needs win. a Super Bowl victory minimum. I think, it's, I think it'll minimum. be arguable if, if he doesn't win it, but over the Goal next five through. years they're in the hunt and his numbers are crazy. But – he needs – I think he needs a, to definitely be a Hall of Famer, a win, and then like four years of really high-quality play. And here's the other thing, too, that I think hurts him is that if you want to go and say he had nothing in Detroit, Calvin Johnson was a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know how hard it is for receivers to be first ballot? Right. I mean – But this was Nate Burleson's argument, Rob. Who was throwing it to Calvin Johnson? Like, we saw, not that OBJ is as good as Calvin Johnson, but when he didn't have good quarterbacks, when he had an old Eli, he put up some numbers, but, you know, it didn't work out. Baker, it didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the only thing is, and, I, and, and that's, a, that's a good point, the only thing I'm going to say is that he didn't, just didn't win enough. Like, it's one thing to throw up, be down 21 nah, points, right. and then the defense softens and you're throwing in front of them, right? They're giving it to you. We want you to move the ball, Chris. We want you to right. eat clock. Right. That's what we want. We don't want to stop the clock and make – we're going to let you throw in front of us. Nothing over the top, no easy right. scores. That's football. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? 
along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. The Houston Texans, it's been wildly, widely reported that they wanted Josh McGown. He was their front runner. And that now, was the name and, we and heard, sometimes though. reports are wrong. Right, so, but that's the name we heard. Yeah, he, his name was out there, but he's only a quarterback's coach for his son's high school team. <laughs> so not much experience despite his, what, 18 years or so, whatever he played in the NFL. Um, and then, of course, with Brian Flores' lawsuit, the league really needed uh, a black coach to be hired. Bottom we line. had several yep. openings this year. None of them went to African-Americans. Many African-Americans out there qualified. And Lovey Smith, who's coached twice before, was a coach of the year and led Chicago without a great quarterback. You said it was Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman was To the right. Super Bowl, right. which is a heck of an achievement. That was the, that was the Super Bowl that Tony Dungy yep. won. The two in, black coaches. In, in the rain. You remember that in Florida? It was a terrible game, that Super Bowl. Yep. It yep. rained the it whole game. It wasn't a, a good Super Bowl. Right. It rained the whole game. And Lovey Smith, who was in danger of losing the job, he was a defensive coordinator for the Texans. And the talk was that once David Culley, the head coach, got fired, he was African-American, that Lovey might go with him. And, and the uh, – the leaders down there in Houston actually said that could be the case, that we, we're not sure you know, what we're going to do with him. And all of a sudden, Rob, out of the blue, Lovey Smith is hired as the head coach of the Houston Texans. And look, we're happy to see an African-American coach finally get hired. We're happy to see an African-American coach be able to be a retread. Right. 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 That 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 doesn't happen. Right. So we're good with that, but it doesn't smell right. He was the 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 reporting is that he's going to add Josh McCown to his staff. And and not loving necessarily, but he's going to be put on the staff. So what it feels like, Rob is that Lovey Smith will coach the team for a year or two and McCown will be able to get his experience and then McCown will eventually take over. Now, maybe we're just speculating too much, but that's what it feels like to me and you. Absolutely, and it stinks. It just does, Chris, because it's not fair in that you're setting up Lovey, right, that the Texans will be bad. Right. And then Josh gets to step in with some draft picks the next couple of years, some other pieces, parts. Yep. Maybe they secure their quarterback after Deshaun Watson moves on. And then you're going to get more draft picks from him. Right. Probably. And then you'll get what you want, and then you can put your coach in. And I think also the NFL picked up the phone and said, hey, <laughs> Texans, we, we you got to do us a solid. Right. We're drowning here, Chris. Right. We got a lawsuit. We have all these jobs open, and to this point, we hadn't hired a black coach. We need somebody in one of these jobs. We The, the black coaches can't get shut out. So we need to do something. Can you right. do something and take a guy that, that everybody knows is a name out there. He's right there on your staff. 
boom, boom, boom. And I think that this was a league-generated hire. I believe that. Well, and, and my thing is, Robin, I said this. This is not a second guess. They should never have fired David Cully. He did a good job. Now, I, I know agree. they won four games, but everybody thinks Dan Campbell, including me, did a good job. And they he only won, won three. three. Right. Because he had them playing hard. Dave Cully had them playing hard. And I, I'm sure they feel like, oh, he's getting $17 million to go away. He should be happy. He deserved – he should have kept the job, especially if this is what you're going to do. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if they feel this way. Like, we could have just kept Cully and added McCown to the staff. But the lawsuit happened, and they had to ship, Chris, because right. this was not the plan. The plan was to, to do J- the Josh McCowan and give him this opportunity. They were going to be, you know, like with all the new young coaches and the hotness. Oh, yeah, right. let's go get this guy. They're going to do one bigger. <laughs> we're going to go get a guy from high school. A high and he's school barely coach. in high school. What, right, he what is he, the quarterback's coach for his son's team? Come on. He's not even a head coach right. or offensive coordinator calling plays or doing Come anything. And, yeah. and it's bad. It's a bad look for the league. Now, you've got an interesting idea. Uh, about because look remember they hired Jay-Z there was a lot of controversy about that and him being in cahoots with the league and Jay-Z of course one of his jobs with the league is to get the halftime entertainment for big Super Bowls and big events and he's put together Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg Mary J. Blige Eminem and Kendrick Lamar so obviously a very LA centric you know, show. It's a, obviously a lot of rappers. And, and one of the blackest halftime shows I can ever remember. I mean, yeah. not that they've not I mean, you've had, had black yeah, right. artists but before, I'm but about the, so this many. many. Yeah, and, and remember, uh, obviously, Jay-Z's wife, Beyonce, right. did a, a very black show when she had, you know, they were throwing up the fists and everybody dressed in black and things like that. But, yeah, that's what um, is going to be at halftime, and a lot of people are excited about it. And you've got an interesting uh, theory or idea, I should say. I, I, I think, Chris, where we are with the NFL and the, the class action lawsuit, the disregard and disrespect of the black coach who's put in their work, Eric Bieniemy shut out again, right? Like, like I this, don't get that. This has, I'm sorry. Right? And, and, and this has to stop. Uh, and this, this isn't fair, right? By, uh, Byron Leftwich is another guy. And he well, right? it looks like he could have had Jacksonville, but right. he wanted a different GM. And it didn't work out. They, they decided to, to go another way. But, Chris, I'm just thinking everybody's watching the Super Bowl. There's the chance to make a statement. To do something, to say whatever it is. Now I'm not. They don't even have to boycott or say they're not going to perform. Initially, were you thinking boycott? Yeah, like like not give in to the NFL because we're portraying one thing. Look at us. Look at our halftime show. We love black people. Look at the opportunity. Get up there and dance and perform for us and sing. Right? We're not anti-black. Look, right. look at our look at our halftime show. Look at but, the end zone. It says in racism. Exactly. <laughs> but when it comes, look at the back of Joe Burrow's helmet. Right. It says we are one or whatever. Whatever. But it when it comes time to hire us, Chris, in a fair and equal way, they fall short and have fallen short for for almost a hundred years. So what if they did like the artist decided? to go out there and hold up, we want equality or treat us the same 
or or be fair in in the, in the hiring practice or whatever. I mean, it would be egg on the NFL's face, right? It's their big party. Everybody's watching. And, and to have that displayed where it, it creates dialogue and conversation, even the young kids it would do that, who would sure. say, Daddy, what do they mean you're watching the Super Bowl with your nine-year-old son? What, what, what happened? What, why are they holding up signs? Because this league doesn't give black people equal opportunity at jobs other than the, the field to field. play, Chris, which dictates the jobs. It is a reason that uh, 70% of the league is black. It's because those guys have put in the, the playing fields equal, and you take the best player. It's a Who's meritocracy the, yes, in the field. There's no, there's no, there's not white owners going, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, draft any white players, or I'm not going to pick any white guys. No, if those guys were good, they would be on the team, right? But when it comes to front office and who's going to lead your your team. You can pick and choose and decide it's who subjective. you like. It is very I mean, I'll give subjective. you a prime example, Rob. Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm African-American and I'm looking at two candidates. And one, you're one, you're black. I don't know you, but you're a candidate and, and I got a white candidate. And the white candidate is better, slightly better, like a little more qualified, you know, really got some stuff going on. But you're good. You could do it, too. And you're, you're qualified, not quite as much as him, but you're very good. You could do it, but he's better. So you're telling I can me easily you just Doug, hire you. So you're telling me you wanted Doug Gottlieb? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? And, and you can't do that in sports. Right, right. Because that little difference could be the difference between us making the playoffs and not. And all- but in, the, in most of corporate America, I can do that. Because you could do the job. And so you can't do that, Chris, on the field because the players know who belong. Right. It was almost like, and I'll give you the perfect example, the Tim Tebow in Jacksonville. He could, Urban Meyer wanted to, Chris, give him an opportunity. Right. But you remember the big play where he whiffed and everybody was like, dude, he can't. What is this? He couldn't justify it. Right. That everybody can see. But upstairs? Where you could say this is a oh, smart yeah. guy. No, Nobody can see stuff that. Stuff is subjective. There's All no subjective. doubt about it. That's why so, you can't use, because you hear people like against affirmative action and stuff like that say, well, what about sport? What if we had affirmative action in sports? Right. What if we want the NBA to be 50% white or whatever? Well, sports is a maritime, it's objective by nature. Like, it's obvious which two guys are faster, right. or which guy is faster, it which guy is stronger, which guy is the better which guy can athlete, dunk, whatever. Which guy can shoot right. better, right. It's, so, it's, the rest of a lot of corporate America is not like that. And so, and more people are capable of doing a lot of these jobs versus being a professional athlete. So am I, is my stance too radical, too black? I, I got to be honest. No, be honest. I, yeah, I, I would, I'm, I'm not ready to co-sign it. I, I will agree with you that it would, it would definitely make some noise. I mean, if you just want to make some noise and, I mean, can you imagine how embarrassed the NFL would be uh, it would clearly take away, like, and I'm going. I'm more thinking of, as you said, or you were initially thinking, a boycott, uh, or but even you know holding up signs, whatever it might be, um, it would 
draw a tech of a lot of attention. And I and I love what Tommy Smith and John Carlos right. did at the Olympics. That and was, Tommy Smith taught at my college, Oberlin College. Not when I was there, but he was a teacher well, was a there teacher and a track there, coach. That right? Professor, yeah. But that was their moment though. No, Chris, and, like I, and I support what they did wholeheartedly. Um but I, I would say at that time, obviously the oppression was worse than what we're talking about. How about players? It's not. How about a player? Well, do see, something? I'm more, and you know, I'm okay. more about the play. I don't know about in this game, but I see. I would like to really sit down and organize something, than rather do something on a whim. But I, I, I'm going to be honest. A lot of times, on a whim is what gets Rosa Parks on a whim. She was I'm tired. Sit, I'm tired. I'm, I'm just tired. sitting down. I right. want to sit down. She didn't plan that, yeah. Chris. Yeah. She worked all day, and there was a seat. And why? It's I just, just like, look, I, I'm tired. I'm tired. I want to yeah. sit down. I paid my fare. I'm right. going to sit down. A lot of times yes. those are the types of moves that get things done. So I'm not poo-pooing it, but I, I'm not ready to co-sign it at this point. And I, I don't think they'll do anything. They no, might they might make some type of subtle statement. I wouldn't be shocked if they did that. But let's be honest. I mean, maybe they're not even that up on what the coaching hiring practices are in the NFL. No, that you know that, that I mean? could be real. And, and and I don't know. I remember when the NFL, what was that, a few years ago when the union came out the first game, remember all the players held hands in yeah. solidarity? That was the first time I ever saw the NFL players, and they still took a bad deal. Yeah. Even, even, even with that. Right. You know and what that's I mean? the like, thing. Like, and those things are – even Kaepernick, let's keep it real. Remember when no, he knelt do down, right. he went to a former Army – what was it? Was it an Army Ranger? Like he was really trying to be – to honor the veterans and, and the flag to, to some degree, but just right, yeah, and right. say, but still make his point, and, right? And people still took it for what it was, but uh, it, it's interesting. And I, I just um, think, given the landscape and where we are, like it just seems so fraudulent that this whole big black halftime show and black love and let's put up this black right. talent and we're going to see seventy percent of the players in the Super Bowl are black yet. We're still asking for equality. Right. Not, not. We don't want more, Chris. Right. We just want just an, a fair shot. Just a fair That's shot. It. If I can, I coach. I well, can play. Right. That's and that, all. And you know, Rob, like, and the, these leagues. One, the leagues need to be careful, and we as African Americans need to look at what we allow to happen. For instance, the in racism. Uh, and I, that's fine on the back of the helmets and but even the a, NBA with the HBC. You remember they had the black, like, uh, artwork on right. the court and all that stuff, Black Lives Matter on the court. I mean, I'm not going to say that's not good because it does send a message, particularly to the younger generation of, of non-black people. But that is – that's symbolic stuff. We need real live. That can get you focused on something outside of, well, how many blacks are in your front office? Right. How many blacks are, you know, in your, on your coaching staff and getting a head coaching job? So those are the real issues. And, you know, there was a time when a lot of African-Americans didn't want to play sports for whites, so right, to speak. Right, because that's you know, or all right. Or sing and dance for right. whites because that was part and parcel of what happened on the plantation. On Sundays, for us. So yes, sing, sing and dance, boy, play that fiddle or whatever. And so a lot of blacks are like, nah, we're not doing that for white girls. Let's have a foot race. I want y'all to fight, box, right, wrestle. Right, right, and For our entertainment. And so um, this, you got to be careful that this doesn't become that. Sing and dance and rap for us. Right. 